When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anti Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Anti Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AntiUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award winning poker cast. Join us on our action packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Anti Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's October 23rd, 2020. You're listening to the best poker cast on the interwebs. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. Oh, you're such a celebrity now. I just can't help it. People just love to talk to Chris. So. <laughs> I almost, you know what, too, is I almost poached that interview from you, too. I almost said, you know what, Scott's really busy these days, but I'm the co-publisher of Annie Up, so why don't you come talk to me, and I'll give you everything you want to know. And I was like, no, nah, Scott loves his stuff. I don't care about it, so I let him have it. <laughs> uh, no, there's a really good backstory to this, by the way, too. So, uh, But what we're talking about here, uh, myself and anti-up columnist Willie Newman were interviewed for a recent CDC Gaming Reports article about poker during the pandemic. In short, players are missing the human interaction of poker, which is also hampered by the new plexiglass dividers on tables. And uh, that was a new thing that I, I had heard because, um, you know, when I, when I was talking to the reporter, I was telling him, like, my big surprise through all this um, was that I've heard, like, almost no negative feedback about the plexiglass dividers. I, I was really expecting to hear some of that for some reason. I don't know why. I just It, it just seemed like a, a really big thing, right? Yeah. And really, the only thing I heard is one guy cut his hand on one, and they sanded it down the next day, and it's all fine. So that, that's really <laughs> all I've heard. Now, granted, I don't spend all day and all night on 2 plus 2 or other forms, so, I mean, there might be this huge backlash out there about it, but um, uh, but I, I just hadn't heard anything. So, um, But I think it might have been even Willie. It could have been one of the other um, players that he interviewed, though, that mentioned that... Uh, when you're at the table, it's you're one. You already have the mask on, so it's hard to communicate, right? And then the plexiglass muffles it as well, too. So, yeah. you know, for the folks that 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 play poker primarily as a social outlet, it's 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 difficult. And so, that's that was interesting for me to hear. So, well, what I loved about this the most was that they used two photos of you at a poker table in the uh, online story and it's as if to say hey i know we asked this horrible magazine publisher for his opinion but look he actually plays poker so he has some legitimacy to him but the best part for me of that was that they had you wearing the same shirt in both shots and the shots were taken like a decade apart <laughs> like years apart probably too like three three years apart probably at least. On, on each coast too one was at the uh, palm beach down in florida and then the other one was out at thunder valley in california so yep. that shirt has seen some miles and of course Still I know it's, in the closet. i'm right. sure yeah i'm sure it doesn't have a hanger either just just there on its own it's so crusty <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and the, the, the thing I didn't think about because I just I sent him all, like three or four photos to choose from. I didn't know he was going to use two, and didn't, and I certainly didn't think he was going to use the two that had the same shirt. Yeah, but that's I, I'm glad that you got a laugh out of it. That's, <laughs> that's worth it. But I, I totally forgot that the one was the the one when I won that tournament and uh, it was chop or whatever. So I uh, I picked my cards and I did the two nine of clubs or nine of nine spades. Which, yeah. Yeah. Oh, because someone had did that on our cover of the magazine. It's kind of our inside joke at Andy Up, right? And, yeah. Uh, and then since then, uh, that particular casino, I won't name them, uh, will not allow me to do that. Because <laughs> they're worried about gaming regulations, which makes sense. So, so now, now it's out there on the CDC Gaming Reports uh, website. So have fun with that, folks. But, That's pretty funny. Uh, so here's the backstory on this. So uh, my very first, uh, not my very first job, I, I, I worked at a, my hometown newspaper when I was 16, but... When I went to college, I got a job as a sports writer at the Daily Newspaper in the town I went to college. And so 
uh, my very first uh, managing editor was the, this guy named Mark Retzi and a super nice guy. And I remember back then he used to go to Vegas like all the time. He was like super into Vegas. So, you know, it was good for, you know, when you're 18 years old and the part time uh, to be able to talk to the big boss about something. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so we kind of struck up a, you know, kind of a friendship over that. And then he moved on and I moved on and blah, blah, blah. And so it was like literally years later. Because uh, this was 30 years ago when I was 18, right? So, um, so it was years later. We had started Danny up, and then I got an email from him out of the blue, and he's like, "Hey, is this you, Scott?" And I'm like, "Hey, Mark, how are you doing?" He's like, "Wow, you got a poker magazine now?" And I'm like, "I do." <laughs> and uh, so at that time, he had a uh, one of his side gigs at the newspaper he moved on to was writing a gambling column um, for I think it's the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. I think one of the Pittsburgh papers. So. Um, and he still writes it to this day. So, um, so the the writer of this article, uh, when he reached out to me, and he was like, "Hey, Mark Gretzky, told me give me your contact information." I'm like, "Hey, how's he doing?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he plays in my home game." <laughs> so now I've got a standing invite to go play at a Pittsburgh home game whenever you know we're allowed to actually get on a plane and leave Florida and play poker. Wow, pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw that little kind of a backstory it's like the, the i think it was the subject line it's like hey this guy says hi so he knew it wasn't like some spammer or something <laughs> to get us to open it or whatever and then i'm like all right and i thought yeah there's no way they're gonna want to interview me when they have this sort of shortcut to a friend you know but i was like all right whatever i'll let's i'll let's gotta have his moment like he loves you know i appreciate that because i don't normally do the interviews for the company you always do so <laughs> <laughs> hey, i could i just don't want to embarrass us that's all i'll let you do it Oh man, but uh, but definitely check out cdcgamingreports.com, folks. If you want to read the the article, I think uh, Reach did a good job with it. So, all right, Germany, for which for years had allowed online poker to be available unregulated, has begun enforcing new regulations that are driving oper- operators out of the country, at least temporarily. Among the new restrictions are a know your customer process that requires players to verify their identity, a cap on uh, players playing uh, four tables at a time. A monthly deposit limit of a thousand euros and a quote-unquote panic button that players can push to be immediately self-banned from the site. Uh, that's very interesting. I, I I believe that this is what restrictions would be here as well in this state, if it's this country. I mean, if we ever did it, I I, I agree with these things. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't know what the cap on more than four tables does for the security or regulation. I don't know why that's in place. Maybe they explained it in the story better and I didn't see it. But. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that be, just because they also have the deposit limit, a monthly deposit limit, I'm thinking that has more to do with loss limits. Yeah. Uh, all this stuff seems to be other than the, obviously the uh, verifying your identity, which is fantastic. All the rest of them see, seem to be loss limit kind of things, right? So yeah. you know, I don't know how you decide that four tables is uh, the... The dividing line. Right. Why not three? Why not five? I don't know, but uh, I mean, I guess you got to pick a number, so they picked four. So I, I'm guessing that's what it is. I guess. And then you know they're not going to have very large tournaments on there. Oh, I guess they still could, but I mean, if you can only deposit a thousand a month, you know, what I mean, I mean, because you have to put that thousand on there and then turn it into a real lot, or they're not going to have large buy-ins on the sites now. You know what I mean? It's you got to. Or you got to like, okay, I'm going to play in that tournament six months from now, so I'm gonna, it's a $5,000 buy-in, so I'm going to put in 1000 each month until I get to there. Because if you don't win enough, you can't buy, you know what I mean? You can't just deposit yeah. enough to buy into an event. So uh, As I've been told at the table numerous times, there's no limit on how much you can win. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You need to win a bunch. <laughs> so, you know? so, I mean, it's a lot like going on a Poker Stars home game and not yeah. doing what the Scott Long does and giving them $2.95 so I have un- endless chips. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you got to get on there and, and play enough to, to work your way up. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to win. So, got to win. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so I think that's part of it. So you know, it, it, it's not like these poker rooms left Germany aren't coming back. Um, well, some might, but uh, most of them said that they're leaving because they need to take time to figure out how to, you know, do all this. Right. Stuff. They got to write the software for it. They can't just say, okay, let's just. That's what it is. They have to software it. You know. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I mean, but but again, you're talking; these are all international sites, right? So I mean, uh, in terms of like what, what you're talking about, I mean, obviously a site is not going to like not run a big buy-in tournament because players in Germany have to you right. know, grind they up, right? So right. it's just going to put players in Germany at a little bit of a disadvantage on being able to have the entire experience. But 
but you know, I, again, I get all this stuff. I understand what they're getting at. It, it's it's just interesting when you when you put these limits and stuff on. I mean, I've seen those things in other places as well too. I mean, we saw that here in Florida, right? I mean, that's the whole why Florida was a poker joke for so long. Yeah, right? hundred dollar buy-in. You can only buy in for a hundred dollars a time, but uh, you know the lawmakers didn't think about people all going all in for twelve hands in a row to get enough money on the table. So, yeah. you know, there's always a way. Ends up being a way around it. So, um, you know, and again, and that's that's an arbitrary number as well too. I'm like, if you're Bill Gates, why does it matter if you're, you can put a thousand euros in, right? But uh, you know, if you uh, you know, working part time at Wendy's, maybe uh, it is good that there's a deposit limit of a thousand euros. I mean, it it has nothing to do with poker, right? It's just a random number that they they came up with. So it's bizarre, though. I mean, it's one thing to be regulated when it comes to like security and taxes and things like that, but it's another to say, you know, you're not free to gamble as much as you want to gamble. And I'm not saying that you know it's not a good thing that they have this in place because a lot of people have problems and things like that. But I'm just saying it's. It's weird that you know you don't have the freedom to say, hey, I, if I want to play for ten thousand, why do you care? It's it's my money, you know. So millionaires can go on there and deposit more than you know a thousand euros at a time. It it just seems like you know it seems like an infringement on. I mean, and Germany's not America either. I'm not saying I don't know what their freedom is there. I don't know what they're allowed to do and and whatever. But it just seems like it's almost like they're treating them like a child. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying these things are good. Yeah. I agree with no, them. But I it's... know exactly what you're saying, and I would say, I imagine the lawmakers pushing these buttons don't see it that way because they don't understand. They they, they think they are doing a good thing, right? Yeah. And and for some people, it is probably a good thing, right? I mean, there are going to be some people that can't control themselves, and you know, if they can only put a thousand euros on it in a month that you know you lose a thousand euros on your first day, then you got to wait thirty days <laughs> before you can lose another thousand. Euros. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I guess what I'm saying is, I'm like, you know, when you're talking about regulating things, you, you you tend to think if you're that person, you're trying to you're trying to protect people, right? But you don't really understand if you don't understand the entire thing that you're protecting them from, you don't, you know, it it, it comes off looking weird to people that do understand. It. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. So, but we'll see, you know. But again, we've always been a fan of regulation over non-regulation, so you know that is. It is a good thing. I mean, it can be frustrating at times, but it it's it's better to know that you get somebody looking out for you. Right. You right. At least you know exactly. At least you know that when you're playing on those sites now, there's some recourse for people cheating, and then or there's going to be someone looking out for you. And um, I I just I, and it's and you're not it's not going to be against the law. You're not going to lose your whole stack, all your chips and all your deposited money to some regulation shutdown or something. You know what I mean? The, you know you're okay, you're secure, your money's safe, and it's okay for you to be doing it on there without anybody giving you any guff like here and Black Monday, you know, and Black Friday and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely for regulation. I just would rather have it happen sooner rather than later. Yeah. All right, the poker world has lost another well-known pro. Sam Grizzle died this week after suffering a massive stroke. He was remembered warmly by several pros who noted his biting wit, uh, which included a famous exchange with Phil Hellmuth on the 2003 World Series of Poker broadcast. The two got into a fist fight a year previously. Uh, in the summer, Grizzle logged seven caches in the WSOP online series. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I wondered if it was famous or infamous, that exchange. <laughs> I tried, <laughs> tried to think about it. It's right. it's like, it could be both. It right? could be both, I think. Um, but that's how you were introduced to Sam Grizzle. You know, uh, no one who listens to our show that knows Sam Grizzle knew him any other way than that introduction. I mean, that, that was how you got to know Sam Grizzle was that exchange. And a few times later on, you'd see him on some shows. If you were really into poker on TV back in the day, you might have seen him in a couple of other things. And they might have done, like, flashbacks, like, hey, here's Sam Grizzle. Remember that time? And then they would flash back to the fight with Helmuth and stuff. But um, he was a good player. I mean, he was a very good player. Well, the most impressive player. thing I think they, they mentioned in the article. I mean, he was playing right up to the end and, yeah. and, and cashing still. I'm like, he's been around this game for a long time, and uh, you know. Uh, and the other thing I thought was was interesting in the comments was that uh, somebody, it might have been Matisau actually, said that uh, you know he's got a personality unlike these robots that are running the poker world now, right? So yeah, yeah. poker did lose something when it got so mathematical and so techy. Um, you know, it, it was it was more fun to watch back in the day when it was the yeah the personalities exactly yeah, yeah. that's exactly so, why poker is where it is today as far as the popularity of it is because of all those characters that you got to witness on 
you know, on ESPN and, and Travel Channel and all that, because every single week there was always two or three people, and they actually sought out these personalities and spent time with them during the broadcasts. You know what I mean? You got to, and they edited the footage really carefully to get these personalities on there. Now it's like, let's see, carry the four minus six, and then the last time he did this, call. You know, that doesn't, that's not exciting. That's just boring stuff. So, and Grizzle was definitely one of the characters, you know, with that that uh, army buzz cut, and yep, uh, yep. you know, he was uh, he didn't take any guff from anybody. I'll tell you that. And I love the explanation of the fight when uh, they t- asked Helmuth about the fight, and he's like, "We both landed punches, and we both came in without a mark." And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I'm putting my money on." Yeah, in that. <laughs> yeah. And of course, he said, "Oh, you better fight me if I got a bad back now." So it's the only chance of a fair fight. And yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think Grizzle was. Uh, He's a grizzly veteran, I think, is what I would say. But uh, it's it's too, it's sad that he died like this. Absolutely. So hopefully rest in peace. So. Here's this week's update on casino and poker room reopenings. In Indiana, Four Winds Casino South Bend has reopened its poker room. In Pennsylvania, Meadows Racetrack and Casino and Mount Airy Casino Resort have reopened their poker rooms, while Harris, Philadelphia has permanently closed its poker room. In Nevada, Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino has reopened its poker room. In New Jersey, the Brigada has opened its poker room. In Illinois, Harris Joliet has permanently closed his poker room and will award the bad beat jackpot money in a drawing on October 28th with players who played eligible games uh, from October of 2019 up until March of 2020, earning entries based on the number of hours they played. In West Virginia, Mountaineer Casino and Racetrack has permanently closed its poker room. And remember the antiupmagazine.com slash reopen with verified details on casino and poker room reopenings. If you have any updates, email us at editor at antiupmagazine.com. We are also emailing a weekly e-blast with updates that you can subscribe to on the homepage at antiupmagazine.com. See, we're going to have to change the header to say reopenings and closings again. <laughs> it's going to happen. We already had two of them on there this week. At least two, maybe three. Three. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, we could just move on to another thing here, but I just, it, it's weird. It's like there are a lot of rooms that are opening, but you just see the writing on the wall that it's it's getting every state is spiked again how is it going to stay are they going to stay open with these things are they going to get scared and close them again you know that's going to be the the i mean right now we can fade a couple of these rooms closing we talked about this during the pandemic we knew that there were going to be rooms that that just didn't survive right right. um but uh and we can survive that as well too but yeah you're right if there's another like lockdown that ends up shutting down casinos then then that's that's not something that's gonna be good for poker um because that'll probably lead to to more permanent closings so but on the positive side uh brigada has opened up so i mean that, that's a big deal i think when any of these big rooms when they reopen i think it, it's 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 a bit it's a good big deal because there's nowhere near there to play right now so uh people are going to be flocking there i mean those i can't imagine what those wait lists are going to be <laughs> like there because they're only using half their table i think it's only 30 tables um so we'll see but you know it's good to see big ones coming back when they do so the big question is is whether or not these poker room managers directors and you know personnel are going to be able to convince the higher ups to say Hey, look, you know, back then we shut it down because we didn't know anything about this pandemic. We we saw that everyone was, was getting infected and dying, but nobody was respecting the rules. Now, I think we're safe to stay open as long as we do what we've been doing, which is wearing masks. You can't come into the casino without a mask. You have to, you know, use a sanitizer. You have to sit behind the, the uh, partitions and... Uh, the dealers have to clean that, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, and and they, uh, it's whether or not they're going to be able to convince them that this is enough. You know, I don't, I don't know if I see casinos closing down again, and I, I don't want this to be one of those. A month from now, we look back and go, oh, how stupid was I? You know what I mean? But I just don't know if they can afford to shut down again. And I think if if they say this is enough, then why isn't it enough? Even though they're spiking, they're only spiking because people are being irresponsible. They're not spiking because people are catching it through the masks all the time. It's, you know what I mean? So if you're still being responsible on our property, we're going to let you gamble. I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. But I'm just guessing. I definitely think uh, you're um, illustrating a point that I think is becoming more clear now that uh, we're, we're to a stage with all this that we know it's not going away, right? Right. Uh, um, the vaccine is still a good year away for 
full scale, right? So, but people now finally, you know, listen to Dr. Fauci enough that, you know, wearing a mask is like second nature. Now it's like putting a seatbelt on the car, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And same with the sanitizer and, and generally spacing out. So when you're in these public places, so, and that's what really what they've been kind of telling us all along, right? Is if you just do the mitigation stuff, you know, it's not going to prevent it, but it's going to sharply reduce your exposure to it, right? So yeah, yeah. now we're doing, it, and you're right. Now, now it's like a, it's like a closed environment, right? You can't get in the casino without you know shooting 99 or below on the temperature gun, right? So right. it just doesn't mean that. Uh, there's no way that COVID's going to get introduced to a casino, but it sharply reduces the of it. And then if, once you're in there, then if you do all this other stuff, then it's it's, it's going to help. So I yeah, I definitely think we're to a point now where we're just going to you know manage with what we have. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but you know who knows? <laughs> right, we can look back in a month and, and laugh at it. <laughs> <Or> cry. <laughs> Actually, be crying at that point, not, right? Not laughing anymore. I just. Be crying. <laughs> So the other thing I do want to mention is I, I really like the the thought process that Harris Joliet put into their bad beat jackpot. I mean, it was up to like four hundred twelve thousand. So I mean, it was mm. a significant chunk of change, yeah. and, and that money belongs to the players. And you know, how do you award it if you don't if you're not playing poker anymore? And um, I, I really think they did a really good job. I hope that's a template for other rooms that if they decide to close and they do have that uh, bad beat jackpot, they need to force out because it's going to the players who 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 contributed to it, right? Yeah, put it in there. You know, it's not like Publishers Clearinghouse where you can like send an entry in and hope you win it. You know, you, you you had to be part of the person that people that contributed to it, and then they did it based again based on the number of hours. So I mean, the more hours you play, the the more chances you have to win, which makes sense because that you, there's more you contributed to the bad beat jackpot. So um, it, it it's really kind of simple and makes sense uh, when you look at it, but I'm sure there's a lot of thought process into it that that made it harder than it looks on the outside. But def- definitely a template going forward. So. Yeah, yeah, smart. Uh, any updates? Papes, the Annie Up fans' free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site is available everywhere. Details on how to join can be found at bit.ly slash P-A-I-P-S. Games are on the 6th, 16th, and 26th of every month and rotate disciplines with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. Join the Annie Up fans' group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands ask call-the-floor questions, or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antiup logo designs on merchandise at antiupmagazine.com slash shop. Buy t-shirts and hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and much more with your Antiup, a choice of Antiup Magazine, Antiup PokerCast, or Antiup PokerTour logos. And if you have a Hand of the Week listener spotlight or call-the-floor submission, you can email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or post in the Annie Up Fans group on Facebook. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool. This is uh, Kirby Steining. He says he'll be flying to Vegas in a couple of weeks, which hopefully is still, you know, relevant. <laughs> I don't know. He just sent it to us, his email, right? I think yeah, this is a fresh email. So okay, good. Uh, your weekly emails on Poker Room openings will be really helpful in finding cash games. I'm wondering if you have any information on daily slash weekly tournaments that I prefer. Uh, do you expect they will slowly return, or are they not enough? Play- are there not enough players except possibly on weekends? Uh, well, first of all, um, it was interesting that more than half of the Las Vegas Poker Rooms are now uh, open. Um, so I think the last night the article I read this week, only 14 are still closed, and some of them are the smaller ones that probably will not be coming back. And uh, I don't want to say won't be missed, but uh, will be missed less than you know if they like an aria never came back, right? So, right, right. So, so uh, things seem to be going pretty well in Vegas, Kirby. So uh, good luck while you're out there. Um, the tournaments have come back at some places. Not not everybody's doing them, but uh, some are in Vegas already doing them. So. You know, the best advice uh, I would give is to download the Bravo Poker app, which is fantastic for that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and, and most of the rooms in Vegas are on that, so you, you'd be able to check in in real time and see what their schedule is, what the wait lists are, and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the couple that aren't, you can make a couple calls. But um, but you'll, you'll definitely find tournaments, um, just not the variety, obviously, uh, that we had before. So Yeah, um, it's funny that when you said half, the rooms were open and only 14 were closed. That made me sad, though, because it sounds like there's only 28 rooms. And I remember when we went out there to do it for our magazine back in, it was like 2010 or something, it was like 50-something rooms we visited in that area. 
Yeah, you know? I think it was like 19 open and 14 close. A little bit more than that, but yeah. Yeah, so yeah it's just sad. But, you know, but yeah, there's plenty of poker out there for them. And, and not, you know, the poker tournaments won't be as plentiful, but they'll be there. And uh, there are series going on, too. So you'll you'll find something if you go out there. Yeah, Venetian just finished their second. Uh, they did a tournament in, in a series in September, and every event, um, uh, almost every event, I mean, every event made the guarantee, and most events crushed the guarantee. So they did another series this month, and they bumped up the guarantee. So they're slowly moving up. But um, so, and there's definitely tournaments going on there. And um, but but some of the weekly daily ones are still out there as well too. So it just takes a little bit more work. I uh, wish we had Andy a magazine out there for you to read and figure that out. But uh, you know. Do your best. Well, you know, um, that's why we have a website. Yep. Right? Hey, uh, we get to complete O'Malley's move today. Uh, here comes part one, and then we'll see you on the other side. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week, we're at our regular $2, $5 No Limit Hold'em Casino cash game. The action has been fairly steady. There's quite a bit of raising pre-flop, but not a lot of 3-betting. We bought in for 1000 and have lost around 200 We sit with 800 There is one uber-maniac at our table who is two seats to our left. The blinds post, the under the gun, and plus one fold, and we're in the MP with the ace of spades, ace of diamonds. Pretty straightforward here. We raise to $20, which is the standard raise. The Maniac calls, as do both blinds, and we're going to the flop with around $80 in the pot. The flop comes down the King of Clubs, Eight of Diamonds, Six of Diamonds. I don't like the Diamonds, but all things considered, this might not be a bad flop for our hand. If anybody has a King, they're probably going to pay us off on a couple of streets. A set of Kings doesn't make sense, since we weren't raised pre-flop, so really we're only behind Eights or Sixes. The blinds check, and we make a $50 bet into the pot. The Maniac opponent raises us to $200. He started the hand with $1,250. The blinds get out of the way. I could go one of two ways here. I think raising is an interesting option, but I'd really like to see what our opponent does on the turn. We make the call. With $480 in the pot, the turn is the 8 of hearts. Maybe this is a misstep, but I decide to check for pot control. Our opponent shoves with little thought. So, we've got two pair on a paired board. What's the move? Well, how many times have we talked about the genius of maniacal play? It's uh, nearly impossible to put these players on hands. O'Malley is right. Our only fear is pocket sixes. When a maniac shove, when he boats up, I don't think so. But he could have an eight, and that's not good. Gut check time, I think, but I think I'm calling. Yeah, I'm never folding unless he actually shows me the winning hand before I act. I I just can't (laughs) let this hand go. Especially against a maniac, uh, I got an overpair that he probably can't put us on, even though we raised, and uh, I'm, I'm calling. So let's just call and uh, see the outcome. Hello again. I think this is a pretty clear call. I have some pause in the fact that we have the ace of diamonds, so a flush draw is less likely. But he could be playing other diamonds. I think he would have re-raised preflop with king-queen of diamonds, but he could have king-jack, king-ten, or king-nine of diamonds. He could also have something like jack-10, 9-7, or 7-5 of diamonds. Perhaps he just has a naked king. I think the 8 is a good card since it minimizes the likely sets on the flop. I don't think 6s or a hand containing an 8 shoves the turn. I think the 8 is more likely, but this guy's play tonight leads me to believe we are up against a draw of some kind. I don't know why I'm analyzing this, though. Our opponent could literally have anything here, based on his play. We make the call. Our opponent says, I thought I was golden, but now I think I need help. You got aces? We table our hand, and our opponent tables the king of diamonds, seven of diamonds. We have a brief moment of panic when the seven of hearts hits the river. First we think it's the flush, then we think we lost a two pair, but then we realize our two pair wins. We scoop the pot. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying, don't be intimidated by the maniacs. They're just the bullies of the poker world, and the best way to beat a bully is to stand up to them. I hope to see you on the felt. Alright, definitely makes sense with a naked king and a flush draw. Uh, nice call. And I feel bad I didn't sniff that out. I mean, that, that does make a lot more sense now that you look at it. I, I totally wasn't thinking about the flush draw. So, 
Yeah, Maniac with King Seven almost ruins our night though. When he pairs on the end there, you're like, oh, you're like, oh wait, yep. we got our own pair there. There's all kinds of ways to get a <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's usually par for the course when you're playing with a Maniac. So that is a good call. So nice job, Mally. It's time for the advancedpokertraining.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiopmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you get free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Bran Huff in the house. Yay! He did email us to let me know that uh, that you are correct. It's Huff, like Charlie Huff the pitcher. <laughs> it happens once in a while, you know. Just don't be so surprised. <laughs> Uh, so we are, uh, you know, we're we're doing eight hands from him. This is, uh, I believe, hand four now. I think we're on with him. So uh, yeah, last week was a little rocky. Uh, he apologized for that. So um, uh, we will see how this goes. The funny thing is, I, I haven't read any of these hands. I think I don't know if I mentioned that these last couple of weeks. You know, normally when you send a hand of the weekend, I read and I respond and, yeah. and have conversation with the readers. But since there are eight of them, I just thanked them for them. So these are kind of fresh, which is why it was a little um, a little rough last week. But okay, we'll see if it's better this week. All right. Um. Uh, <coughs> uh, all right. So this is again one uh, one dollar, two dollar, no limit uh, cash game. He says full table, very loose. I'm uh, still stuck with my starting two hundred dollar stack. Been playing for about an hour. Uh, all right, we are under the gun. Uh, it's a full table nine players. We are under the gun with ace of spades, queen of spades. I'm uh, definitely raising. Um, I, I don't see any reason to get cute with something like this. Uh. There was a, a time when Ace Queen would be folded. At this point, it, it it wouldn't be strong enough to play, and people would let it go. But that's old school. This is a different era, and um, I, I would I would not want to just let people in for cheap price here, or try to see if someone else will raise and then they can come over the top. That kind of stuff doesn't work either. Um, I, it, you're just running the risk of it, too many times. You're running the risk of multiple hands seeing the flop, and then you don't know where you are. And so, I like to raise with it. Ace Queen suited. It's a nice hand, and uh, you know I want to get people out of there. So, um, you know, I, I'm not the type that would raise more or less depending on where I am. I generally always raise the same amount. Right. So, um, I don't think you do that, though. You you do? Do you do differently or no? Uh, I try to keep it. My, my preflop is always the same. No oh, okay, where. okay. No, um, hand, no, no matter where I'm at the table. I know you like to do the point five thing in there, though, like the two and a half or well, something, right? Tournament, in tournaments. In tournaments, okay. In a cash game, you know, I just do the table standard, which I think we talked last week for one, two. For me, it's usually ten bucks. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, whatever the table standard is, I would probably raise two with this hand. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're undergone with a really strong hand here. you got to raise and... Um, and uh, Thin the field or build pot. Either one is great for this hand. So, all right. Uh, our hero decides to limp with it, though. Chris, he says, "I was thinking if I raise, I'll have uh, multiple collars be out of position in an inflated pot, and probably hate life on the flop. Plus, most of the time, it does uh, it does not limp around um, the whole table. Someone raises, and then I'll be able to co- I'll really come over the top, aka bring the hammer. If not, and it does limp around, I'll be able to navigate the waters with a really good hand, mostly having to throw it away on bad flops and maybe not. Um, I, I, you know, again, we defended the raise, I think, so, but yeah, uh, yeah. just so you know what you're, you're getting into, and it does sound like, you know, he's he's happy to throw it away on a bad flop, so that's that's the big thing. If uh, if you're the type of person that can't get away from this hand, you got to raise it, you can't limp. But if right. you're able to get away from it, then that's right, fine. Right, right. All right, the button does raise to $16 after there were five or six uh, limpers. Uh, he's got a big stack, uh, over $600 it looks like from across the table. And uh, he has struck me over the past hour as the other solid player at the table. He is uh, middle of the road, not really tight, not really loose, and opens the bedding uh, or raises limpers a good chunk of the time. Both the blinds fold and it's back to us. Well, so he considers himself a solid player, I guess. Is that what he's saying? It says the yeah, other solid player. Yes, All, right. Yep. All right. So we're the two solid players, so we've got to be cautious. But at the same Tyson time... And huh? Yeah. Tyson and Holy go here. Yeah, but uh, just don't bite anybody. <laughs> at the same time, uh, he raised to 16. So this guy was automatically saying, okay, the standard at this table was probably like 10. And so he took the, some of the limpers into consideration, making it 16. Even at that point, I don't think it was enough. But now that we have a chance to pop it again, I think we need to really pop it if we're going to pop it. And I don't think it needs to be, you know, 3x because you've got all these other guys that are in the hand as well. 
or they were. So all that money was in the stack. So in, in the pot, I mean. So if you don't want to be out of position against a solid player if you don't have to be. If you think a bigger enough raise will get him to fold or at least play as if his hand is face up, he might want to give it a really big raise here. Um, of course, you could just call and say, yeah. all right, I'm kind of disguising my hand here, and why risk more money when I'm out of position and I'm going to miss two out of three flops and whatever. So there, there are two trains of thought here. I'm never folding. Um, this guy could just be squeezing all these people out of the hand and because he has position, he's on the button. We don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking I generally – see, now you limped, so I, that's the other thing is if I had raised preflop, he may have just called – and then you might just be heads up. So, and you'd have control of the hand. Now you don't have control of the hand. So that's a big question. Do you want control of this hand out of position with a big stack that's you know on the button, or do you want you know do you want to just sort of be cagey and whatever? So I guess it depends on your mindset. If this were me and I had limped, then I may just limp again. I may just call here because uh, it's deceitful, and you may look like oh he was just set mining. And so you might have a small pair when he'll never put you on something big like an ace queen there because you limped. So now I may just call. Right, exactly. Right. Yep. And if I re raise, then if he has a really big hand, he shuts us out. I'm not calling another re re raise. There's just no way I'm calling that with ace queen. So, you know, why risk another 60 here if I'm going to raise? You know, because that's what I would raise to. I'd raise to like 55 or something. 60. So why risk all of that with, as Gambit would never say, you know, a drawing hand? Yeah. So, I, I, to me, I think uh, maybe I do just call now. You know, I'm only risking 16 bucks, and I've got about 200 in front of me. And if I hit it hard, I can still check to this guy, let him bet out, and then, you know. So, I'm going to be sort of uh, deceiving here and just call. Yeah, so, I, one, I, I, I wouldn't have limped before this, so it is a, an odd situation for me to be in. But uh, I, I totally agree with you at this point now. Uh, just calling here really disguises our hands. I mean, we just don't. I mean, he's not getting any information out of us. We other than we limped under the gun, which is usually pretty rare, right? Right. And then when he raised, we just simply called. So when we raised, now we're telling him we have a hand. So here's the problem: is you know we, we got a hand that's pretty powerful, but if if we're up against Ace King, that's bad, right? So um, and if he you're right, if he re raises us back, you got to lay it down at that point. You got you got to give him credit for. Uh, aces, kings, uh, whatever. Ace, Ace king, king suited, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, all kinds of hands that have you crushed. That you're, you're, even you might be able to take the lead, but you're not going to be comfortable with that lead, right? right. So, um, like, if you get a naked ace on the flop and no spades, how comfortable comfortable are you going to be with that? I mean, you're you're really down to the queen, and then, uh, but he could have kings or aces, and the queen's not going to help you. So, um, I would rather not. If, if, again, and then this guy's the other solid player at the table. So, why would you want to play against the other solid player at the table out of position? Right. Um, so, at this point, let, let's let's make him guess rather than having him make us guess and and call here. And you know, if we pick up a couple other of these in between limpers too, now you know now we're playing for a flush or straight, and that's fine too. Now, did you say, yeah, so so they all called, it got to him, and then he raised, and we were under the gun, so it, it folded to us, but there's still callers in there, too. Oh, yeah, so that's, there's, there's, there's limpers in between. Yeah, so. so that's the other thing, too, to take into consideration. Now, if you're going to go for, like, Broadway or Flush, like Scott said, then you want a lot of people in there because you want a bunch of money in there to help you draw to your odds. So, so yeah, I think a call here is, is pretty decent in order. Now, it's one thing, if you, if you didn't believe this guy... Like, if you don't believe him, then you consider popping it to get everybody out and then take this guy down with a C-bet. So it just depends on your feeling. But I get the feeling that we should limp along. Um, now, if we raise, I know the limpers are going to go away, and then you're going to be heads up with this guy. But I, I would I would probably limp along and try to get a big pot out there for us to draw to. Yeah. All right. Uh, our hero raises to $48, and every folds around to the button who thinks for a minute, asks what the raise is, and calls. Um, all right, so I mean, here's the thing: when you raise the 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 argument for the raise is to get heads up, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we succeeded in that, and we didn't get re-raised, which is the other thing we were fearful. So, um, so all in all, not a bad uh, result here. Um, it would be interesting to see if we just called the sixteen and whether we had we would have picked up a couple more yeah. players as well too, which is not necessarily good and not necessarily bad. But 
it is what it is. So, so we're heads up when we didn't get re-raised. So I'm happy about that. So. Yeah, it's interesting that I mean, forty-eight dollars is just three X. So, I I'm surprised that we didn't get one other caller, but not exactly. And then I'm surprised that this guy didn't come over the top. So if he didn't come over the top, what is he thinking about our hand? Or was he just squeezing? That's the thing. Were we limping with aces, hoping for someone to raise, and now we've re-raised with the aces, and now this guy's worried because he's got something like you know jacks or queens or something. So it's it is a an interesting call, but I don't know if it really helps us to know. No, I mean, what his I, hand is. I think here's the thing: is we we're probably going to eliminate most players. Will probably eliminate some hands out of the out of our opponent's range here that we probably shouldn't. Um, cause you think about it with like, you know, Kings or Queens, you would probably re, 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 re-raise, right? So, right. um, but you know, if this player is solid and that's what our, um, Mr. Huff here <laughs> is telling us, right? Right. Um, he's probably paying attention and he's seeing that a player who limped under the gun has now raised us, right? Raised him. So we put a little, it's kind of interesting. We probably put a little fear in, in him, um, that's not justified with with the hand we have but at the same time uh we can't go crazy in eliminating hands from his range he's just probably being a little cautious so uh but i but now i think we, we really got to put the pedal to the metal on the flop here and, and really figure out what's going on so that's what makes me nervous too though is let me ask you let's say it's you scott and you're the guy on the button and he has six or seven limpers you have six or seven limpers up to you and you look down at ace king you raise now the guy who limped before re-raises and now the other guy's holding it gets to you you, you don't re-re-raise with ace king you probably call with ace king right well that's right? what i'm saying yeah, yeah so, so now that makes me nervous as the ace queen guy i it's it's wow and i don't even think you raise with kings there i mean probably do i mean i don't think you raise with queens re-raise for queens there so i mean there's a couple really strong hands here that that uh that, that we you just could call. still have yeah and that's what i'm saying yeah. we should eliminate them from the range so um so again to your point i'm like an ace it's gonna make us warm and fuzzy but it may may be costly for us right yeah yeah uh all right so it's 109 dollars in the pot and we have 150 behind the flop is ace jack deuce rainbow and we are first act well, I mean, other than uh, a flush or, you know, Broadway on the flop, I mean, this is pretty good. It's not, you know, ace-ace-queen either, but um, it, it's exactly now the worry you have to have. you got to put some money out there to see if this guy is, you know, worried about the ace. You know, if he had king-king, for instance, and you bet, does he fold? Um, if he has ace-king... You know, you're going to find out right away this guy has ace-king, I think, if you bet. So I, I don't think you can check now. Uh, you took control of this hand yeah. um, in a real tricky way. You, you need to now keep control of it and, and make a, a C-bet here. So, I don't know, 109 the pot, maybe $75, something like that, I guess. Yeah, at least at least 55 at least half pot. Yeah. So. But you can go a bit more as well, too. Yeah, you're right. You're, you absolutely have to bet this. We, we took control of this hand. We did hit it. Um, again, I'm still I'm going to be a little cautious about Ace-King being across the table from me, but um, can't be so scared about that. I'm going to uh, check here. So we got a bet, and, uh, and if he calls, then that's going to help narrow things down. If he raises, then that's going to be, you know, we're, we're going to be in a gut check um, spot, I think, every street on this hand, which is what's difficult about playing out of position against a, a good player. Yeah, so, yeah. But uh, but there's no reason to be scared quite. Yeah, we gotta gotta make that bet and find out what happens from there. Here's the other thing, Scott. And we started with about 200. We've already put 50 in the middle before the flop, so we have 150. If the bet is like generally, you bet two thirds of the pot on a flop, and then you get smaller in your mind because the pot gets bigger as you go down the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to bet about, if you have 150 in front of you, and you were to bet about 70. Or so you're already betting fifty percent of your stack. Yeah, you're committed. To that so point. you're committed anyway. So yep. I'm not saying to shove here, but a nice C bet, and then on the turn, it, it makes no difference. There's no way you're folding for eighty dollars yeah, with your, top your pair. Stack makes your decisions easier. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna bet the two thirds, 
and maybe even shove. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to shove, but I may bet to two-thirds, maybe a little less than two-thirds, and then if the guy shoves on me, I'm not folding. So no matter what, I think your decision's been made for you. It's not as difficult as it seems like it was going to be a minute ago. Now it's like, well, I can't go away now for this. So Because yep. you have to bet here. You have to bet. So if you bet 70 or 80, you've bet 50% of your stack, and then boom, you know, generally people like to shove when they're going to bet 50% of their stack anyway, yeah. put into a, a true test. So I don't fault to shove here. Um, but at the same time, I, uh, if you want to just make a little bit of a bet and then see if he just gets out of the way and then, you know, you, you've li- mitigated your, your, uh, exposure as Scott might say. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's just bet what we need to bet properly. And then if the guy comes over the top, I'm not going anywhere. And then on the next street, I'm getting it all in anyway, unless it's yeah. some really scary card, which I don't know what that would be. Because I, I really Rainbow. don't know. That's the thing. I don't know what, what a scary card would be. Yeah. Me um, neither. Ace is great for our hand. Uh, King, I mean, if you had Ace King, we're already beat anyway. We're really, yeah, we're yeah. So that doesn't really change anything, right? So I mean, I think you're right. I mean, again, like you said, our, the stack dictates now. So we bet even if we even if we bet fifty, like the low end of this this range now. I mean, well, no matter what card comes on the turn, it's 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 all in right away. It's it's, it's an easy way to play this now. So. Right, there'd be two hundred and nine dollars in the pot, and you'd have you know a hundred left. With two streets to come, so you're not folding. So you might, yeah. So no matter what you bet in this street, it's getting all in on the next street anyway. All right, uh, hero bets out eighty into the pot. Uh, on the button thinks again for a while and goes all in. Uh, so I think we know what's going to happen here, right? It's the same thing that we said. He yeah. said since I had about seventy left, I was going to push all in on the turn myself. That's why I happily call. Um, SPR on the flop was maybe uh, 1.5. Stack to pot ratio. Ah, very nice. Uh, so the top pair, second best kicker, I'm committed. This is what uh, I made the move for in the first place. He has ace-king or ace-ace he needs to show me. Uh, turn is another jack, putting two on the board, but it really changes nothing. If I'm losing now, I was losing before. Uh, the river is a king to give him a... Let's see. The river is a king to give him a full house with a pocket kings. He throws down. Oh, man. Oh. He said he shoved the flop because he put me on queen queen and only queen queen, which is a huge mistake. Yeah, that's that's really narrow at that point. Uh, so he thought he shoved for value, which was also a mistake. But he uh, but he got there. Uh, I was over ninety five percent to win on the turn. As I always say, usually to myself, sometimes the poker gods are laughing with you, sometimes they're laughing at you, and sometimes they're just pissing on your head. <laughs> uh, he says, "Was this a good play on my part? I think I played it perfectly, but I, I am really uh, ahead enough when he calls a pre flop re raise. How tight loose is he calling that big th- three bet?" Well, okay. So the first question was, uh, "Was it a good play on your part?" Yeah, I don't think you played this really incorrectly, other than choice you know it's as they say in the matrix it's all about choice and in this case you choose pre-flop to be cagey with the ace queen suited generally most people would raise under the gun with that hand you chose to get involved this way and so from the way you played it with your choice i think you did fine i might have bet more than 48 on the re-raise but it still got the exact result that you wanted so did you play it well I think you did. I don't think you played it wrong at all. And it's, I don't, I, there are no definitives in poker. That's why everyone always says it depends. So right or wrong, no. I don't think there was a right or wrong. I think you did play it well. Um, what was the other thing he said? Um, oh, um, wh- uh, what, did he, what else did he ask, Scott? Uh, how tight loose is he calling that big that big A3 bet? Um, so that would be what, preflop? Uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's what he means, and that it, I guess that goes back to what I was saying, right? Is that uh, because we were under the gun and limp re, uh, limp re raised, um, you're not automatically going to get that other raise that you would get from another position played differently, right? So that's why I'm not surprised at all that he just called with kings there rather than raised because he, he he probably put a little fear in them that you had aces there. But yet he shows on the flop. <laughs> so yeah. he says he put... That was the other thing I want to comment on. Okay, I'm glad we talked about this. Okay, so the guy said something like, uh, I put you on exactly queen, queen. That is like the biggest load of crap ever. That's what everyone does when they make a mistake at the table in front of eight other people or nine other people right, is right, they, right. they try to come up with some sort of fact of safe face. And that's bull. This guy just thought... Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't believe this guy, or I'm gonna represent the ace, or I'm just gonna be bold here and try to push him off his hand. But there's no way that he puts us on that and betting. We, if we have queen queen and we see you call, 
our our three bet or whatever it was. There's no way that now we we don't we don't bet there if we you know what I mean there's no way we have queen queen and then see you call us and then check don't check that flop we can't possibly bet out when an ace comes when you call behind so there's no way he puts you on queen queen and if he shoves how does he not put you on an ace there you know it's a, you played it exactly like you'd had ace ace or something really big and you bet out 70 if he puts you on queen queen then why is he betting why is he trying to get you out of the hand yeah, yeah. It's just it, that's just a lie. So that guy lied too, whoever he was. And so yeah, I don't know if he's as I, solid I might as you give think. A little credit for his putting him on Queen Queen involved uh, in the, in a the couple of streets, but it, it, if he made that decision pre flop, and there's absolutely no reason he shouldn't have raised then. Right. I mean, the only danger in re raising there is driving the queens out of the hand and not getting more value of it. But how often is that going to happen at one two? Right. Right. So I mean, so uh, yeah, either he's he's full of it, which I agree with you that that's the scenario, or he um, he developed that this queen queen after your play. But even that, I mean, I don't even know how you would develop that after that because you know the ace comes on the flop. If you've got queens, you may. I mean, obviously you're kind of forced to see bet there. I think right, but you're not going to like it. So. Um, Plus, with you calling behind, maybe you don't. Maybe you are scared of the ace. A lot of people do that. They see ace magnets or king, king, and queen, queen. They're ace magnets. And so the other thing, too, is if he had queen, queen, he would not have limped with queen, queen and then re-raised you when you raise it your king, king preflop. He would have raised with queen, queen. Yeah. You know, there's no way you limp with queen, queen under the gun. I'm sorry. You just don't. This guy was just full of baloney. That's all he was. I'd use a harsher word, but he already already used up our... uh, one curse word per show allotment. So, <laughs> oh man, well, you know, so just a little rough turn. I mean, a rough river for him there. But yeah, yeah. But you got to do what you got to do. All right. Well, that's what hand four of his. We still have like four more oh, from him, right? Yeah. So we're at halftime now for uh, the, the Brandon Huff show. Wait, way to keep the uh, the show alive, Brandon. Without you, I think we're shutting it down. So. Uh. <laughs> Keep sending those hands. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Lodge. We'll see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.